Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vinyl Countdown, the podcast where I, Jeremy Levine, break down my favorite vinyl releases from cover to cover and everything in between. Uh, holy long ass album title, Batman. The album this week is a big one. Uh, the title's big. The uh, emotion's big. Like everything's big. Everything's big on this album, and uh, it's one I've actually wanted to do since the start of the show. Really, uh, I just never really had the time, I guess, to, to truly dive into it. Excellent from start to finish. And actually, you know, I'm doing this because of a suggestion that I got to do it. So here it is. A lot of disputes. Debut album from 2008. Deep breath. <sighs> Somewhere at the bottom of the river between Vega and Altair. Ooh, fun title. So I remember being introduced to them by, not by my friend James, shout out, but uh, his girlfriend at the time, uh, the one who I've mentioned, uh, who shall not be named, that ruined my 2010 Warp Tour. I'm sure I've mentioned that story at least five times. But uh, her, and uh, she had a, a friend, uh, Nicole, shout out, in I think like 2009 or so is when, when I heard it, because like they were both super into it, and James wasn't, but I was like super into it. So, I mean, first time I heard it, it was like I was blown away by the first time I heard it, and, and it still is in my rotation like to this day. Like every, you know, it's always being played in some capacity, right? But uh, before I get down, or before I get into the band, uh, let's get on down to Variant Corner. So there are 22 variants listed. Some are repeats and, and all that. So I'm, again, I'm not going to dive in and pick all of that apart. I would just go over the one that I have, which is the 10th Anniversary Double LP. Uh, disc 1 is a split clear and uh, bone color. And disc 2 is clear... Uh, split also clear and uh, opaque red and it looks pretty badass like I really 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 like it the sound too is also uh, it sounds really really good uh, only thing uh, and this is the big difference and they, they announced this and this was p- kind of part of the the big deal with it I guess is they went back into the studio and remixed it, it it's different it's mixed differently than the original version so i guess they went back in remixed it remastered the entire album to i think to get closer to the what their like their original vision was for the album right and in other like in some spots it sounds good but more often than not i actually prefer the older version i prefer the you know the original recordings but um yeah i'll i'll get more into that as i get into the the music and everything but uh Overall, it's a it's a hit or miss affair with that. I think uh, I do still love it, and I, I'm I love that I picked that particular one up on vinyl because I like the pressing, and, and again, it sounds really great. But I also would like to have the original on vinyl as well. I did get a pretty sweet ass T-shirt out of the deal though too, like with, with the bundle that I ordered. So that was that was pretty nice. But um, let's get into the band real quick before we dive into the album. So uh, La Dispute was formed in Grand Rapids, Michigan, in late 2004 by cousins Jordan Dreyer and. Brad Vanderluck, Kevin Whitmore, Derek Sterenberg, and Adam Cool. Dreyer was never a singer and didn't write any music prior to forming the band, but was primarily interested in writing like poetry and short fiction. During this time, the, the band mainly played house shows or at the, it says here, the uh, Division Avenue Arts Collective, a volunteer-run DIY music venue, uh, community center, and art gallery in downtown Grand Rapids. Chad Sterenberg replaced his older brother, Derek, in 2006, the day after the release of their debut EP, Vancouver. Uh, that was released in April of 2006. Um, that was the only record uh, released while on Friction Records. I was never a fan of that. Uh, ugh, I don't know. It, it, it's not bad, but I 
feel like that iteration of them, they, they were still figuring things out, and as bands do, right? But they kind of sounded like, I don't know, like they were doing their best like Fall of Troy impression, and it just didn't work for me. Anyway, so uh, Indiana-based friend of the band, Adam Vass, later joined in 2007. It wasn't until the loss of Derek Sterenberg and Adam Cool that they took the project seriously. Uh, the band at the time of this recording was comprised of the following. Jordan Dreyer on lead vocals, uh, Brad Vanderlick on drums, uh, Chad Sterenberg on guitar, Kevin Whitmore on guitar, and Adam Vass on bass. It says here also that Kevin was replaced by Corey Struffolino as a touring member in 2014, but it uh, looks like he was made a full-time member in 2018. So, let's get into the music, shall we? Oh, boy. The album itself, it's... I'm just going to read this. Uh, it, it it evades categorization, is what it says, you know, which I, I totally for that. I mean, it's... You know, it contains elements of, like, you know, there's post-hardcore, screamo, metalcore, I guess, post-rock, progressive rock, emo, there's spoken word, there's this. Like, there's so much in this album, uh, stylistically, or whatever. They really jam the shit ton of stuff in there, you know. The, so the, so the, the album's style is characterized by different features, including uh, dub-influenced bass drums and versatile vocals from Jordan Dreyer, who changes frequently, ranging from shouted hardcore punk-style vocals and screams to spoken word portions and intentional use of off-key singing. Uh, lyrically, the album features many themes of emotional anguish and is, is considered ultra-emotional. Uh, its emotions range through pain, rage, anger, deals with loss considerably. Also, so the album... It also recounts an Asian folktale by the name of The Cowherd and the Weaver Girl, a story of how a prince and a princess are separated after marriage by a river which they are not allowed to cross. Uh, I'll get more to that later, too. But um, So prior to the release of this album, the story was told on the fourth track of Lotus Butte's second EP, Here, Here. However, when Jordan was asked about the lyrical content or the, the concept of this album in interviews, he stated that although it does contain thematic constants, it does not actually tell a story, and is more autobiographical, and the folktale was used as more of a jumping-off point for similar personal struggles. Uh, the real-life connotations of the record's lyrics are that of two divorces of people related to Dreyer. Uh, so track one, possibly the greatest opening track of any album, of any band of all time, fight me if you must, whatever. Such small hands. So kind of funny, uh, the drummer commented on the what what they consider to be the, the surprising popularity of the song, saying that um, we, we can't figure it out. It's just an intro to the record. I have no idea why people have clung to it so much. It's funny. We don't even count it as a song. I mean, that's funny, but man, it's I love the song so much. Like, this was the first song I heard by them. And again, like I said earlier, it just blew my fucking mind. And also, it, it leads straight into said uh, The King to the River, which is also incredible. But we'll get to it. So... Jordan's, uh, Jordan's voice and the way the song is sung is so great. I have hilariously heard it referred to as cry rap. And it's it's so accurate, but I still love them. But that's still just, that's fun. Also, too, I noticed, like, so the bass drum on the original recording seems to hit harder than on the new remixed recording. Like, it's just something about it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't hit as hard. I've listened to it in, with headphones on, with the same headphones on, with the same system, like, you know, to, to really compare it, you know, just back to back. And it is a clear difference in the instrumentation and, and how they mixed it and how they, I guess they, they toned it back some for whatever reason, you know. And throughout the record, there are numerous examples where the drums just aren't as prominent as they were on the original recordings. And I feel like that really 
really missed the mark. Like I feel like the drums, and maybe I'm biased because I'm a drummer, but it's something about a really awesome drum part and like parts that I like I, I wait for in, in, in certain songs and they just don't sound the same or in some songs they're almost drowned out to the point where you can barely hear them. You know, so that that was always a little disappointing, but uh, it just sounds more raw on the original, which I guess it 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 would. But I think it, I think it overall it, it it's a better fit for this album. You know that that particular sound. But so the 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 lines in the song, he says, um, "I think I saw you in my sleep, lover." This, this is at the end of the song or whatever when he when he switches up some of the lyrics or whatever. But he says, um, "I think I saw you in my sleep, lover." I think I saw you in my dreams. You were stitching up the seams on every mangled promise that your body couldn't keep. I think I saw you in my sleep. And then, like, it just, that gives me fucking chills every time. Like I was saying, like, he switches up. So where he says lover throughout the song, he actually says, uh, he says darling earlier in the song. But then he switches it there. And then um, instead of saying um, you were stitching up the seams on every broken promise, when he switches it to, to the mangled promise, like, that mangled line, I fucking love that. Like, it's, I don't know why, there's something about something being broken and the idea of, like, hey, this, in this particular instance, I guess, their their relationship is broken or whatever it is, it sounds like it's still fixable. When something's mangled, it's just, it's beyond repair, you know, and, and it's something about, and again, the way he delivers the line and he starts to scream at that point and everything, it's, oh, boy, it's something. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, like I said, it leads right into track two, Said the King to the River. Uh, this is one, it opens up with, with Jordan singing, Up my lady, pack your things, this place is not your home. No, was it ever, sever every tie, tonight we ride, tonight we raw, and he starts screaming and shit. That's how it opens up, and like, it's just like, there, <laughs> there is a situation that I was in at the time where that was very, re- <laughs> very relevant to me, and I felt that fucking line just hit so hard. And then um, later in verse three where he says, uh, we are, we are not clean, we are not pure, we will not rest until we're sure. So rub your pretty little eyes of sleep's disguise. I'm at your bedside with a bucket full of lies. So clear your ears and listen. Oh, my lady, pack your things. This place is not your own. And again, there was something going on with a certain person that uh, it was just weird and did not uh, live with me, but was, um, you know, we were dating, obviously, but I mean, it was it was weird. I don't know. Whatever. I don't want to get too much into it. But point is, that fucking line hits so goddamn hard. And then uh, the guitars come crashing in after that, too. And I mean, it's just live. That song is just, oof, boy, it's insane live. And I do I do love to. Um, so later on, he sings again. Um, the boy breathes for his love, says, I wait. His love says, I wait. She's shouting out, I will come back. Yes, I will come back. And I will come. I have lived my life so uncomfortably. Darling, come for me comfort me and that whole part you know he's screaming and everything he screams that whole last line or whatever and the guitars again it's like off kilter kind of rhythms and things it's just it's a lot going on in the song so you know as mentioned before the album is based uh, loosely on a folk tale but uh also like jordan said i guess it's that's a jumping off point but it's still more autobiographical you know so the significance of the lyrics for me is just like oof, right it's just so much high energy and like the entire song it's like on the verge of just exploding the entire time like it's it's incredible so that leads uh nicely into track three new storms for old lovers uh this is a rough one uh so i'm gonna recount a story and i'm gonna try to hold it together and uh so just bear with me here uh so imagine if you will march of 2014 six months after my uh, marriage uh, fell apart 
and all the things associated with that, uh, legal things, money, having a small child, et cetera, et cetera. I'd also recently started school again at that point. I wouldn't say my life was a mess. Like I had help with my parents and like I, I'm resilient. I, I figured things out, I guess, but there was a lot going on and there was a lot of things that were still fresh and just, you know, that hurt. And I don't know, it was just, it was, it was a rough time. So I go to see La Dispute live uh, in March of 2014, right? Uh, this song comes on and there's the lines uh, at the near the end of the song where he's screaming, I guess love's a funny thing, the way it fades away without a warning. It doesn't ask to be excused. And when it's gone, oh, it's gone. It ain't ever coming back. There's nothing you can do to save it, to make it breathe the way it did when you were sliding on the ring. Trust me, it's gone for good. And by this time in the song and the show, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm shirtless, I'm sweaty, and I'm pretty much openly sobbing in the crowd. Right. Like, uh, I guess like there was a pit at some point in the song and things that kind of gotten spread out. But then once the pit stopped for this part, the floor is just wide open. So I was like, I don't know. I'm remembering like 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 I was the only felt like I was the only person there. Right. Like I'm just in the middle of this floor looking up. I'm screaming the, the lyrics along with them and I'm having a fucking moment. And uh, before that line, like I said, I'm screaming, I'm crying, whatever. And there's a guy comes up and puts his arm around me and starts screaming it with me. Like this whole, that whole last part that I was talking about, you know? And in that moment, you know, me and this total stranger shared a moment that I desperately needed at that particular time. You know, just somebody to, you know, lean on me or I can, or that I can lean on and, you know, scream some emotional shit, you know, and, and genuinely feel it with me, you know? Um, I guess I've never forgotten that. The way that felt that in, in just in that moment, everything was kind of zeroed out and it's just, me and another person sharing that experience with somebody else. Like, I don't know them, but I, you know, I often wonder sometimes like if that dude thinks about that night and thinks like, man, that, that was just crazy. Like this, this show is just, everybody's on the same page kind of. And just, it's just, it's, it's hard to explain that energy and how that feels, but I needed that at that time. Like I needed, I needed it, you know? And I think that's one of the big, the main things I miss about going to shows is sharing a common thread with so many strangers and people who will scream with you, mosh with you, cry with you, and never once judge you because we're all there for the same reasons, right? So anyway, this uh, this album you know, helped me through a lot. And so in the song on, on their next album, Wildlife, uh, the most uh, beautiful bitter fruit where Jordan sings, um, uh, bright lights in the young night, keep to the beat. A classic party scene, crowded and interesting. No love, no life, no history. Just touch, just chemistry. Just a, a roaring undercurrent, simple and sensory. Young bodies, warm skin, perfect symmetry. And it's a moment, harmless its energy. It's like medicine, it's self-discovery. Which I think perfectly sums up the feeling of the crowd at a, at a show, but especially one of their shows, and especially that particular time, right? So, oh, yeah. So, you know, later on, he there's there's a line too that's just like fucking hell dude it just crushes me but uh we're you know so he, he screams the lines uh she meant it i swear that she meant it she whispered so often husband i'll always be here with you this is always 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 and the music is like hitting and hitting and then it finally just cuts out and he goes always is valueless i wish i'd never heard her speak a word and oh boy Jordan's his writing is so poetic and so impactful. I mean, you just feel it in your fucking soul. I mean, there's no, I'm, I can't describe it any other way, you know. But yeah, I, I think this may be my favorite song on the record behind such small hands. But um, man, okay. So moving along, uh, damaged goods up next. Much less somber, I guess. 
It's also got one of the coolest fucking drum breaks I've ever heard. But uh, definitely on this record for sure. But um, it's the part where he's singing. He says, um, I was your chance to feel complete. But when I leaned in close to you, you kissed your fear instead of me. And then when he starts this next part is when the drum break happens. And it's so fucking cool. He says, um, you had my hand in your hand. You had my lip in your teeth. You had my heart in your sleeve. You had a chance to breathe. But boy, you wouldn't let your fear recede. So I moved on. And then just, you know, it's fucking great. Also, later in the song, the... Uh, now, now at the end, now at the end of every day, I lie awake at night and wait to feel the wires of my brain get cut and quietly rearranged, and hear my beaten heart exclaim, "Still, I refuse to let her go." Oh man! So overall, I mean, it's a fairly simple song. I guess the whole album is really it's just simply a story of a relationship ending. That's really what it is at its most basic level. But damn it, if they don't make it so crushing with the writing, like they, I mean, their ability to paint a picture with their lyrics that just it pulls something out of me every single time and always has for like the past fucking 11 years like it just it's all it always it never ceases to amaze me i guess and it's pretty great but um so up next uh fall down never get back up again is at track five uh things slow down a bit here but thematically it's just as heavy as anything (laughs) so from what uh song genius says this song is a retelling of Edgar Allan Poe's Annabelle Lee. Uh, I'll have to look into that. So it says, um, so tell me what is there to fear? You think some seraph up above is trying to rob us of our love because the sky is not clear? And, uh, he's referencing the, the seraphim mentioned in the Annabelle Lee uh, story. Uh, in it, Poe elaborates on the character's love as so perfect as to be envied by the heavens. Uh, this gives cause for fate to take Annabelle. Jeez. Then Jordan sings, uh, he could not break apart the waves to bring her safely back in. He watched her hand break through the surface once, then disappear again. Forever wait inside the sea for me, my dear, I hear you. You speak in every curling wave and sing in every violent breeze. I don't know, man. Describing losing some, someone like that, it's like, come on, dude. Like, let, let let my heart rest a little bit, please. You know? So, like I mentioned earlier, it, it it's a... The jumping off point for the entire album was a... Uh, Cowherd and the Weaver Girl from ancient Chinese folklore. And the story goes that uh, two lovers, one mortal, one immortal, were forbidden from seeing one another by the Jade Queen except for on one day of a year where magpies would form a bridge over the celestial river so the lovers could meet. Uh, the lovers in this album are begging the seraphs to allow the river not to flood so they may build the bridge to see one another. It's a pretty cool explanation, I think, of things going on, you know, going into a little more detail than I mentioned before. And again, this song too, all their songs, really, I mean, they, they put on a, a wonderful, wonderful live show. So, um, you know, once live shows are ever a thing again, uh, I'm definitely going to make my way to a lot of speed show. So track six, Bury Your Flame is up next, and it's great. I love the part when he sings, uh, you came back and you brought floods, wearing a necklace made of hearts that you dragged through the mud. Uh, but I, I guess I wasn't quite sure what to say to you. But then I saw mine, almost reached out to grab it, said, darling, you're the only one on earth I want to have it. But now I'm not so sure that that was true after the hell you put it through. But there was no sharp pain this time, just the ghost of your presence compressing my chest like a mine, an unshakable absence, like most of my insides crawled out of my mouth and went west, but that's fine. We cast our hearts in plaster. We imagined our bodies were fashioned from stone, but they chipped at the brick and the mortar. We found out that we're only layers of skin hiding bone. Because it's cool little... Uh, guitar break or whatever and and our bones are all like chains old rusted in the rain they're gonna snap when the weight shifts like 
that whole fucking part, man. Like the w- Jordan works up to this like frenzy tone, and his voice is just oh man. It's I love the ending, the ending of the song too. There's just this this like desperate tone in his voice where he kind of screams, sings. We should have known from the start that this thing wouldn't last. We are tired, and he kind of keeps that's a it keeps happening. And he keeps kind of saying that over and over, and, and it's just like a oh boy, it's it's something. Uh, so then the last blues for Bloody Knuckles is up next. Uh, chronologically, the second song in a trilogy of songs which detailed the adultery of a man and a woman and the confrontation between the man and the woman's husband and the husband and the woman herself. The timeline goes, according to Song Genius, that Sad Prayers for Guilty Bodies is the adultery, Last Blues for Bloody Knuckles is the husband, husband pleading with the wife, and then New Storm for Older Lovers is the husband confronting the adulterer. So uh, he sings in the second verse, And how'd it change the way you thought of me? How strange to think we once were lovers. Now we've wrapped the past up in broken glass, and when you speak my name, you shudder. That's like, fuck me, man. Like, come on. So, you know, since 2010, there there are still, there's times that I associate with this album, right? Certain things, certain feelings, and time periods, and whatever. And as always, you know, you know it never ceases to amaze me how it still pulls that shit out. Whereas not necessarily like I, I miss a particular thing or person or whatever, but in just that it reminds you of that and kind of puts you in that headspace for, you know, three minutes that the song is on or something or, or you know, or for like 20 seconds when you hear a certain line and you're like, ah, man, that shit was rough. <laughs> but, um, you know, it just and, 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 and again, just the, the way he delivers the lines is so great. There's a big instrumental break, too, in the song. It's fucking bananas. Like, I love it. So, uh, track eight, The Castle Builders. What's up next? I, I I would say another heavy one. They're all fucking heavy. Like, there there are no light songs on this album. But um, I love the, the line towards the end where he says, um, they say that death is not a problem, it's a promise. I can only say for sure that when it makes your bed, I'll kiss your head goodnight. It's like, okay. Uh, and also the lines, uh, so build a home for your family and build a castle for your friends. Now set their beds with sheets and blankets. Keep them safe until the end. I felt the damage and burn from the fallout. My love failed, but theirs prevailed. My friends, I'm only flesh and bone, but I will not let you die alone. So leave our hearts at the foot of the mountain. Let our burdens be locked in stone. If you will help me roll it upward, I will not let you die alone. So that last part is uh, in reference to the myth of Sisyphus, which was written uh, by Albert Camus. It says, uh, quote, I, I leave Sisyphus at the foot of the mountain. One always finds one's burden again. The struggle itself toward the heights is enough to fill a man's heart. One must imagine Sisyphus is happy. Now, he's a figure from Greek mythology that was punished by the gods for his trickery by being forced to repeatedly roll a giant boulder up a hill, which rolled back down for all of eternity. Because fuck him, right? Um, In short, Camus linked this act of Sisyphus as a metaphor for the absurdity of man's hopeless search for meaning. Uh, he also concluded that this struggle is enough to give a life meaning. Uh, going back to the verse, the punishment of Sisyphus is compared to the endless struggle against despair that is expounding throughout the song. The speaker wants to work together to roll up the stone, so to speak, so he and his friends and family don't struggle alone. This act will lead to giving meaning and, fulfill- and fulfillment to their lives. Again, heavy ass song, but really high energy and upbeat in a way, so Honestly, if you're not really listening, it's kind of maybe it's easy to miss how dark the song the song is, I guess. But uh, moving right along, track nine, Andrea. I guess if I had to pick at least 
a, a least favorite song off the record, it will be this one, which, as always, does not mean it's bad, but someone has to be last. And I do like the third verse, though, the way that Jordan describes this person leaving and the feelings associated with it, and also how he hates airports now. So uh, he says, uh, I remember I remember how you smiled through the smoke in a crowded little coffee house and laughed at all my jokes, and I remember the way that you dressed while we wasted all the best of us in alcohol and sweat. And I remember when I knew that you'd be leaving, how I barely kept up breathing, and I bet if I could do it all again, if I could do it all again, I'd feel the same pain. I remember panicked circles in the terminal in tears, how I wept to God in fits. I've hated airports ever since. Also, the line, um, it must be true what they say that only time can heal the pain, and every single day I feel it fade away, but I still remember how the distance tricked us and led us helpless by the wrist into a pit to be devoured. Uh, imagine the biggest oof right there. That's That would be the place for it, right? Um, I've said it a bunch of times. I'm going to continue to say it, man. The way they tell stories, the way everything is so poetic and it's just amazing throughout the record and really throughout their entire catalog, it's like that. Every single fucking song is just like... They weave the story in, in and out of things and the way they tell it and the way they paint the picture of it. It's just, it's so incredible. It, it really is. I mean, so, you know, track 10. Uh, then again, maybe you were right. Is up next. Uh, it's very short. Uh, clock's in about a minute, 37 seconds. It's a really good song, though. And as always, you know, there's a lot said in that short amount of time. I know in, in one part I really like, he says, uh, so I breathe her name out into the into a cold, cold room, watch her ghost ascend the walls and then dissolve. This time I choose to let it go. This time I choose to let her go. I will not let my fear become the only world I've ever known. Uh, seems to obviously be a song about moving on from somebody. Uh, it also, it's played at a frantic fucking pace. Like, it's just like in and out, hits you, punches you in the fucking mouth and gets out. You know, I would love to have seen them do this song live, but I think both times I saw them, they did not play it. But um, moving on to track 11, uh, Sad Prayers for Guilty Bodies. As mentioned earlier, this is chronologically the first song in the trio of songs about the uh, the adultery of the man and woman and all that. There's a part where where he says, uh, she said, lover, come and hold me. I'm terribly afraid. While you're shouting at the stars, my scars are not fading away. He said, darling, I was begging heaven, make them disappear. But... But see, I didn't get an answer or at least one that I could hear. Now I'm thinking of the past and how we both said vows and lied. And I'm wondering how we trust ourselves to say a second time. Also, I, I haven't mentioned anything about it yet, but uh, his use of the word darling throughout the record is fucking great. It's just, um, I feel like that was like a staple of of Jordan in particular. Like this, the, the um, darling is like a, um, I don't know, not, not necessarily a placeholder, but like, you know, he uses that a lot in a lot of songs. So this song is just like, like, come on again, right? My heart. Eh. Then <laughs> this d- depressing-ish song then leads into the longest on the record. And it's a motherfucking experience. Like this, if, if nothing else, if no other song on this record gets, you know, it's not my favorite song, but it definitely is one that I would want somebody, anybody not familiar with this record. Uh, if you're listening to it and you're, you know, Getting through for the first time, we get to track 12, The Last Lost Continent, put on some good headphones, kind of just give yourself 12 minutes to just take it all in. So, you know, just the the, the, the the picture being painted is so vivid. It's just like every single line just makes you just feel it, right? And I was reading that the its overall message is about confronting your demons, uh, past traumas and things of that nature and trying to deal with them or make sense of them, you know, and Sometimes you can't, right? It's impossible to just like, quote, get over it. So he says in, in one part, um, but I still see them dead in the parking lot at the gas station just down the street. And I still hear my friends say, you know, you won't believe the things I saw when I was stationed overseas. 
but he somehow keeps smiling in spite of in spite of all that while i keep finding ways to push the good out for the bad so uh grand rapids grand rapids was where they grew up right and i guess there was gun violence around that kind of thing uh, according to song genius uh jordan saw a someone dead in a gas station parking lot and the image haunts him and everything but he then imagines what his friends might have seen overseas and he believes his own demons kind of pale in comparison to that of his friends you know and you know again song genius said that but sounds legit to me and uh, he continues oh how selfish of myself to always say that it was more than i could take like it was pain i couldn't shake like it could break me with its fingers through my body in the lake and i would slowly sink away but the truth is it was sorrow that that i made and wouldn't face see i kept falling for the future after tripping on the past and i'm always staring sutures out to make the anguish last like it defines me or reminds me i found comfort in my suffering and uncertainty and happiness and death because what's next is such a mystery to me and i'm terrified of all the things i feel but cannot see Ooh. so um so here i guess it feels like he he maybe feels guilty for his own uh, weakness and maybe the trauma he experienced knowing that there were like more horrific things that he could have experienced you know he doesn't understand why he can't just get over it right um i feel like they mentioned that on wildlife too that's a part of a song where he's like i think the song i see everything where he's talking about there's a a kid with cancer or whatever that ends up dying and his the idea is like you know through all of that like this family held you know stood fast in their faith and they were tested with something he couldn't even imagine and he's devoid of all faith and he's not hasn't experienced anywhere near the pain they've experienced but he's still you know it's it's maybe maybe took or he takes his you know, lack of pain and everything and, and suffering for, for granted, I guess, in, in, in a way. And it's kind of similar, kind of similar here. I feel like the themes are kind of on the same page. But um, I guess I feel like, you know, we've all at some point probably felt like that, you know. I, I've mentioned before on an older episode that, you know, I had a really bad uh, breakup in 2007 and I was uh, very down, depressed, and just like not wanting to exist, right? And I felt like that was like the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. Like it was like the absolute worst. And then my dad got sick with uh, cancer. You know, again, he's fine now. But uh, a few months into this like horrific, quote unquote, horrific, horrific breakup for me, you know, having my dad get sick the way he got sick, that trauma that I guess I was going through just didn't matter anymore. You know, my my dad's sickness completely overshadowed that and, and it should have. Right. And it just did. It really made me take a step back and get a new outlook on things and, 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 you know, perspective on the, the breakup and I guess the heartache I was feeling or whatever, but it's like, it just made me see that things can always be worse and that sometimes things aren't as bad as they seem, you know, I've always felt kind of weird about that, uh, over the years, like being so selfish to even contemplate harming myself over something that in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter that much only, you know, to have something truly horrific happen to the family. And, um, I don't know, like I said, really, really grounded me and made me just look at things differently you know so the song it ends on a pretty epic sing-along and uh where he's like we are but friends and family we are the last of our kind so hold my hand i'll lift your head up and i promise we'll be fine we are but hopeful lovers and we are running out of time there's so much stacking up against us and we're falling far behind uh and then it keeps kind of repeating repeating he's like uh we are but hopeful lovers we are the last of our kinds but if we let our hearts move outward i know we will never then the the beat is kind of like it's it, the, the instrumentation is dropping out slowly and slowly towards all 
drums at the very end you know he he, he finishes the sentence or whatever and he says um we we are but lovers we are the last of our kind and if we let our hearts move outward we will never die and then on that the beat from such small hands uh comes back for the closer nobody not even the rain and uh, it's fucking awesome the way that it you know it kind of it goes right into it or whatever and uh the title refers to, in the same way as uh, Such Small Hands, in E.E. E. Cummings' poem entitled Somewhere I Never Traveled, uh, Gladly Beyond. The poem features the line, Nobody, not even the rain, has such small hands. The poem is recited on Lotus Boots Here Here EP on the track entitled Two. Uh, so as a, the conclusion of the album, this final track is a kind of unique in the sense of being a reprisal of the opening track, where thematically and musically it's uh, the same, I guess. Uh, it, it uses the same uh, percussion and melody, allowing it to loop back into the first track of the album smoothly. So there's static at the end that starts and then picks up seamlessly on such small hands. So like if you play it on a loop and you allow the album to loop or whatever, it makes it as if it's like a never-ending loop of super depressing songs. <laughs> but uh, I've, let, I've let it play through a couple of times like that and it's, it's pretty fucking great. But so in this song, you know, he says... Uh, I know that even with the seam stitched tightly, darling, scars will remain. I say we scrape them from each other, darling, and let them wash off in the rain. And when they run into the river, oh, no, let the water not complain. I swear that even with the distance slowly wearing out your name, your hands still catch the light the right way, and our hearts still beat the same. And our hearts still beat the same. Absolutely love that. I don't know. It's like through everything they went through, the, the characters, I guess, throughout the record, they appear to come back to each other and they make this thing work like despite all this adversity or whatever right like after all the time that's passed these two people can still come back to each other and 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 get back to the way things were before without ever having missing a a beat like it's i don't know it's a nice ending to an otherwise extremely heavy album you know i really like it so uh five out of five of course i mean if you haven't uh listened to this album at all please do i mean Let's do it now. Like, go buy everything you can buy them. Like, they are, I mean, just a, hands down, one of, one of my favorite bands. And uh, this album is still one of my favorite albums, period, of, of any band ever, right? And, um, I mean, I could gush, I could seriously gush about this for, like, another hour. But um, I'm going to save that for the next Lot of Speed show that I would do at some point. So, uh, <laughs> uh, as always, you know, follow me on all the social media stuff and all of that. And, um uh, you know, uh, big news too. I have a, uh, I kind of announced it, uh, on Twitter and, and Facebook and everywhere else, but, um, I will be doing a mini episode show where I focus primarily on, uh, singles, EPs, you know, 10 inch, 12 inch, whatever it might be, but just, it's gonna basically because the main show episodes are starting to get a little bit longer uh, each week now, I think now's time, you know, uh, I can, I can split it off to where I don't have to dedicate or devote an entire week or full length episode to an EP with like four songs on it, right? I can kind of do like a, you know, five to 10, maybe 15 minute long episode and kind of get in and get out. Just a fun little thing to have to, you know, for all, all you people out there to, to listen to and enjoy, hopefully in between the main episodes, you know, and, um, and really, you know, without, without all of you guys and gals and everybody listening along every week, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. So thank you for that like you you've all allowed that opportunity for me to you know split split things off and kind of start to do spinoffs and do whatever so as always i uh you know appreciate the support and yeah i hope to hope to see you back next week so um 
for Jeremy Levine. Uh, this has been the Vinyl Countdown, and hope to be in your ears next week, everybody. So take care. Thanks.